Hello and welcome to Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys, the masters of the geeky verse. Well, welcome back, geek freaks. I am TC, joined as always by JJ. What up? How are you guys? And Toy Story. What's up, guys? I see the tiny hands are back. <laughs> tiny hands are back, man. <laughs> Craziness ensuing as always, guys. Yeah. Uh, we have an awesome episode for you today, guys. We have Austin Reese from Reese's Rare Comics joining us. Great inf- interview. Amazing insight on the industry. Um, you know, hearing about their process was just really cool to us. We hope you guys Pretty enjoyed cool. it. Um, but before we get into that, as always, we're going to do the Geek Beat. Yes, we are. So we're going to start out with, I think, the picture that everybody's seen traveling through Instagram. So Natalie Portman, as we know, is going to play Jane Foster again in Thor Love and Thunder. This picture came out of her on set, like, totally jacked. Yeah. Is that real? Is that her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. Like, that's not prosthetics, right? That didn't look like prosthetics. I was hoping it would be, though, because it's scary. <laughs> She's going to beat somebody up. Be muscly, you know? Yeah. It's scary looking. Like, I, I, I want to know what, like, how, what did she do to get to, to, you know, what that process was to get to that point? Like, sure, she's scarfing. The boys were doing. <laughs> That's no, scary. She's probably eating more. She's probably, she probably had yeah. to put on pounds. So she's probably eating like crazy, lifting like crazy. Scary looking. I, mean, I can only imagine, like, you know, what uh, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth had to do to, like, get in that type of shape. Yeah. You know? I mean, she's muscly in the comics, so you, she's got to, you know. Yeah, she's, like, she looks great for the character she's playing. I was actually a little bit concerned <laughs> when they first, you know, announced her. I was like, ah, I'm sure she'll put some muscle on. But, like, this is more than I expected. She yeah, looks, scary looks perfect looking. for the part now, I'll be honest with you. No, I'm excited for the movie. Really yeah. excited. There's a <laughs> There's a lot going on with that. I know we probably should shift gears on that scene that we've talked about, the Thor. But there was also a cast, an updated cast change to Thor, Melissa What's McCarthy. That? Really? Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Spotted on set. <laughs> so What's that? She was spotted on set. She was really? spotted on set. Yeah. yeah. So uh, along with her husband, uh, what's his name, Ben Falcone or something, the guy who's in all the movies with her. I like oh, that. Guy. She... He he was in Shield, right? I think so. Is that the same he, guy? A lot of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so so I think I have what it. So I think you're gonna see that play again. So if you look on IMDb, so it's like Matt Damon's back as actor Loki. Yep. Yep. She's gonna be actor Hella, which uh-huh. is playing like the Cape Blanchett character. Yep, yep. That's, funny. that's funny. And Sam Neill's back too. Oh, Sif is back in it. Jamie Alexander. I yes. love her. I've been love I've her. been so bummed that she hasn't been in it since like I think she was on that episode of Shield. <laughs> yeah, she was on one episode. I love her. Yeah, she's oh, great. That's great. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. We'll <laughs> All right, moving on. JJ, do you want to talk about this Bad Idea Comics? Thanks. So Bad Idea Comics, they uh, they just released a book last week. Um, I'm going to tear it up. Uh, ENIAC, uh, ENIAC 1. Um, so I, I don't know anything about this book. I know it's supposed to take place, you know, World War II, atomic bomb, first computer. I, I don't know much about it, but the, the, the issue, I guess, not an issue, but I guess this was not distributed by Diamond. They did it through their own distributor distribution uh, to do this. Um, so, but the problem is they're enforcing a lot of rules on their comic book. So, especially this one here, um, there was a big to do with this. You know, the, I guess, you know, the day that this was released, the very first person that bought this book got a pin, a very ultra limited edition pin. 
It was only given out to one. It was a gold pin. I mean, they're selling on eBay from anywhere from five to nine hundred dollars for this pin. So wait, it's crazy. the first person at each shop got each a pin? shop. Yes, okay. each shop or selected shops. Uh, you know, I don't know how many actually got out there. So it was one pin per store, um, and people were like camping out for this thing. Uh, but the thing, you know, I guess people are a little annoyed about was that the rules that this company did. So um, the rules that they're enforcing was, you know, they're not allowed to increase the comic book price for the first 30 days, which is, you know, I don't know. Who, does people do that? But that's the shops. They can't enforce it to like people selling they, in the secondary market. Not the secondary. This is just the shops. Yeah, they yeah. can't because um, and then with the other, there's no digital of this. There will never be a digital, apparently. Um, and then it's one copy per person in the store. So right, apparently we'll one, one comic book shop has already been, um, their, their distribution rights have been taken away, canceled, uh, uh, canceled from this company. So somebody, I guess, ratted out this comic book shop that uh, was selling multiple <laughs> copies wow. and, um, somebody who said, clearly didn't get one. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, these books, it's hot. I mean, they're selling for a couple hundred dollars now. I don't, wow. Um, I'd like to read it, but there's no digital, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it won't last. But yeah, that was it on that one. Nice. Interesting. That's an interesting story, though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then we have a new Top Gun trailer, right? Oh. But not really new. <laughs> well, not Top Gun exactly, but <laughs> so I'm not sure if you guys seen it yet. But yeah. you know, I watched these, it after you sent it. These guys, not Lego affiliated, but they're just Lego enthusiasts, and they created this trailer for Top Gun uh, to. The Maverick movie, all done in Legos, and it's scene by scene. It's dead on perfect from the real trailer. And you know, we'll we'll post the link in the in the comments. Uh, but it's if you haven't seen this, it's it's actually it's absolutely amazing uh, to see it. You know, just as the trailer itself is amazing. But then there's videos up there with you know the actual split screen from the real trailer to the Lego trailer, and it's amazing to see you know what these guys did with Legos. To, to get a trailer scene by scene. Uh, they, they probably <laughs> did it too because to, they linked up the, the voices, right? They did. They linked yeah. up. Every, so it's, you know, every single, you know, if somebody blinked in the trailer, you know, the Lego blinked. Like every awesome. single movement was precise and perfect. And I guess a couple days later, you know, Paramount uh, got wind of this and saw it and they were giving these guys kudos and retweeting and everything else. And uh, it's pretty cool to check this thing out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. I'll, I'll do that after we're done. Yeah, you have to. It's actually it's really impressive. Send me the link too. Uh, <laughs> all right, next up we have Star Wars. Daisy Ridley apparently has expressed interest in playing Spider Woman for Marvel. <laughs> and by the silence, I'm guessing that we're not too uh, too into that idea, guys. No, but listen, nothing against her. I don't know her as a person. I don't think she's a terrible actress like i don't consider her in like the hayden christensen or whatever his name is category it's just like nothing she's very like blah very vanilla like i don't get anything from her i don't think she can pull off the personality of a character like that like if you want to tell me there's like there's characters who are kind of vanilla that she could do hey she's if she wants to be squirrel girl great she can be squirrel girl like there's a very like sexy, sarcastic likeness about you know Jessica um, Drew, and I just don't feel like she has that. Like there's so many other people I think would do a great job on it, and she's just not one of them. You know, I I, I feel that she's been stuck in the Star Wars world. I know she's only done three episodes, and 
you know, she hasn't done anything else. I know she's got a new movie out with Tom Holland. I think, she's done you know, a few like, things here and there, but like nothing notable. I mean, and, I, and I, from what I've heard, that movie's awful. Yeah, I, I just don't think she's ready for this type of part. I mean, she's not that's she's not it, a though, superhero look to her. I guess she wants to distance herself from Star Wars, though. Yeah, yeah but, but how much how much distance is this really though? Like, yeah, yeah. she's jumping to Sony, and I'm sure she's doing that because her her relationship with Disney or Marvel or or Marvel whatever is kind of like a little bit, you know. Rocky at this point, didn't she say some things that they weren't too happy about? Yeah, yeah they all did. Uh, <laughs> listen, like I don't. It's hard to you're, you're not there. You don't know both sides of it. It's you know it can sound like sour grapes when you're complaining about it, but you know I mean maybe they were screwed over. I mean I'm sure like they changed the story a hundred times because you know they were given into like you know fan pressure and you know I don't know. But from what can I from what I saw, like I wasn't overly impressed by her and yeah. like we could even get attacked by that. Like, Oh, she's the greatest thing ever. Like anytime I say Hayden Christensen's like a terrible actor, like I'm not saying he's a terrible human being and we should like string him up and like, you know, torture him. He's just a bad actor. It's okay. To say he's a bad actor. It's the truth. I mean, maybe he'll do better in this Obi-Wan thing. I think not. And especially if they have his voice instead of James Earl Jones, I'm going to hate the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. If that's the case. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I might not even watch it if, I, if the first episode's like I hear Hayden Christian's voice coming out of the Darth Vader suit. I was like, nope, they're not. That. <laughs> nope. They're not. They're not. They're not that. that no, crazy. they're crazy. They'd be crazy to do that. But I mean, it is what it is. I don't know. I don't mean to sound sour grapes. It's just my opinion. That's good. You can like it or not, but I'm right. We welcome it. <laughs> All right. Next up, a little bit of. Um, I mean, I feel like that we have this every day as we talk about with Austin later. A little bit of a comic. Uh, breaking another record overnight. Ultimate Fallout 4 has officially crossed the 3K barrier in a 9-8. I think it's crossed it by uh, quite a bit. I think it's yeah. like 32.50. Yep. Or maybe even more. I, don't, I haven't checked today. It could be even more. but Yeah, it's crazy. Listen, this is one of the few books where I can honestly see the value in it. Mm -hmm. and it's For not sure. because I have one. It's because <laughs> this is a major character He's a modern character. He's a Spider-Man character. Listen, you can argue with us all you want about this. Marvel's number one character is Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Any, you know, any er er iteration? Right? Iteration. Iteration, yeah. I always screw that word up. On this show. <laughs> I don't know why. Every iteration of him. And listen, you know, we're getting into a world where people want to see more diversity. So you have a di diverse character. He not only hits, you know, African-American, but he also hits a lat Latino. He's he's an African-American Latino Spider-Man. I mean, right. I don't know what, you know. It's a huge book, it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it has every, there's so many books where I could say I don't see it and I don't think it should be that. This is not one of them. And I don't think this totally is the right. end. I'm sure there's a lot out there. But again, you have to realize there's kids who this comic book character, this Miles Morales is more important to them, especially with this cartoon, than Peter Parker is. Mm -hmm. You know, this book down the line is going to be as desirable as like, you know, the AF-15 or the Amazing Spider-Man 1 is to us in like 20 years. I mean, yeah, I can easily see this book in a 9-8 being $10,000 book by the by in 10 years from now. I'm not mm -hmm. saying anytime soon, but I mean, if prices go as crazy, maybe sooner, but 10 years from now, I don't see it being a crazy thing for this to be a $10,000 book. Totally right. agree with you. 100%. All right, totally next agree. one. <laughs> 
So JJ, you want to talk about this so, one? Yeah, you know, it's I put this on the list. So there's a there's a comic book. Uh, it was an image comic book, uh, Jupiter, Jupiter Legacy. Um, you know, I have these books. I've never read any of them. <laughs> it's one of those type of books. I used you know, to have. Have you when read them? Was, yeah, when I was working at Best, um, I pick up all the image books, and I read a, quite a bit of them, like the first twenty issues or so. That it's a good, it's a good book for sure. Yeah. So uh, Netflix announced that they're going to be coming out with a show on this. Um, I saw some of the, you know, they they do have a trailer out. There's not much, you know, visually to the trailer. It's more of just symbols and everything else. Uh, but I've seen some um, some still pictures, and it looks pretty cool. You know, it's basically, you know. Superhero children, you know, they struggle to live up to their parents, their superhero parents. So I think it's kind of, you know, I, I'm going to put it in that the boys category. Um, and I think because of how well the boys have been, you know, that TV show, I think this might be, you know, a hit for Netflix because I love the boys, but it's supposed to be the same type of TV show. So we'll see what happens with it. I'm curious. I want to see it. Um but you know, I, I've been trying to, I've been, I've been scoping out the pricing on this book, and you know, I'm not sure if it's a good time to start buying this book. I'm not going to speculate anything, but uh, the prices are pretty low on this book. Um, yeah, seeing, sure. that, and seeing that we have a TV show coming out on it, I, I'm shocked that it hasn't, it hasn't uh, started rising. JJ, there was another book I saw recently that there was some heat on. I guess um, I thought you had these. Canto, do you have any of those? I have some of those. There's a lot of heat on those right now. Yeah, it's a lot. There was a the, lot of heat when those came out too. Yeah. Um, they announced, I think it's um, one of the studios is working on an animated feature for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of them. I think I have one or two. Um, I know issue one was like, that was hard to get. Even at mid, when I went to Midtown, um, they, they didn't even have them like first thing in the morning. It was crazy. Yeah. It um, seems like the f number one in like raw conditions, like over a hundred bucks now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm surprised that, you know, like that, you know, you're saying 100 bucks for that book. It hasn't done a lot of movement. Maybe, maybe after the show comes out. Uh, we'll yeah, see. it's hard to. I feel like the animated stuff, like when you hear animated features, it tends to not move the needle as much. Mm -hmm. I feel the only acceptance exception to that has been like the Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. For like animated stuff, everything else is kind of like falls by like the wayside. But I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on this this Jupiter book. Um, because it's it's curious because I have you know I know Midtown Comics they had their own like cover variant cover so I mean and they're still on the shelves at Midtown it's crazy when I was there a couple weeks ago interesting I mean, we'll see we'll see all right last up there is a new Star Trek film from J J Abrams and Bad Robot in development and apparently it's coming to Paramount Plus um, I don't know if it's going to be in theaters they didn't say um, but yeah another one a fourth one <laughs> is this a movie or a show movie and it's the same cast or at least so yeah. It's because JJ did all those, the, all the other ones too. How many of those? So wait, there was three. Three, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't see the third one then. What was I the third one about? The third one was, uh, wasn't it with the, with that weird chick with the black makeup on her face? I don't remember. I didn't see that one. I saw the first two. The yeah, I did. I did like them. Um, I thought they were well done. It's just I'm watching Star Trek: The Next Generation now. It's just not that. It's like they almost because the technology is so good now. Like they try to almost make it as much action as Star Wars is, yeah. And they lose totally. some of that. What is it that you love, um, Toy Story? It loses some of that exposition. The original Star Trek has a lot of exposition. I Star know. Trek. The, the original one does. The the original Star Trek is very campy to a certain degree. I mean, I'm I'm in season. Generation? I'm in season two now. Like probably like five or six episodes in. It's just such a good show. 
it's just so well done. I just I, I can't give them enough kudos for that. Awesome. I mean, I, I know like we've we've had the Star Trek for Star Wars debate, and I feel like Star I mean Star Wars is amazing. There's there's no there's no arguing that, but Star Trek just has so much content and it's just so mm. good. I mean, Star Wars I think will eventually catch up, but I also think Star Trek is more geared towards like the adult viewer than it is towards like the younger viewers. Like Star Wars like catches your attention. Star Trek, even like my daughter was watching some of the episodes with me. She's like, and she was like fascinated by like data. She's like, oh, who's this guy? Why does he look like that? I was like, oh, well, he's a robot. She's like, oh, well, like they get into these like soliloquies. I mean, it's like almost watching like theater. I mean, yeah. you have Patrick yeah. Stewart, a legendary theater actor and you know, his performance, like he puts like a theater performance into everyone. It's just the acting's phenomenal, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's heavy handed stuff a lot of times, but it's yeah, really but well done. So um, we, it, it was Star Trek Beyond was the last one. It was Star I Trek. I eventually watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate because, you know, I've seen these movies a few times, but they're not, you know, they don't stick in my memory for some strange reason. Yeah, and it's just, and that's like that with all the Star Trek movies, like, they're great. I like watching them, but they're not memorable oh, to me. The original ones? Oh, I can't. I, I remember everyone back and forth. I'm probably in like the one to five percent who likes Star Trek the motion picture. I oh, freaking love that movie. Oh, and it's like movie. so weird. <laughs> um, I mean, Rathacon, uh, obviously the best, but all right, that's it for the geek beat. Uh, we've talked about, we've gone into a Star Trek diet. diet yeah. trap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so next you're going to be uh, hearing and seeing our uh, interview with Austin Reese of Reese's Rare Comics. All right, everyone, we are very excited to welcome today's guest. We have Austin Reese of Reese's Rare Comics with us. Welcome, Austin. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Nice. It's nice. That. <laughs> welcome. I like the quarantine beard. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> You know what? When you, you work for yourself and we don't have to do conventions, it's kind of just whatever goes. You know? so, awesome. yeah. Thank you. How's the quarantine been uh, treating you over the last year? Crazy. Uh, right? You know, just like everyone else, I'm sure a lot of ups and downs. I think, you know, uh, I went through the phase of like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this to be over. And then I was kind of content with it. And now I'm fully back into being like, I cannot wait for this to be over. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready for it to be done, man. Yeah, that's man. awesome. <laughs> All right, so we like to start off by getting our guest's origin story. So if you could give us like a little bit of background about how you got into comics, collectibles, anything in the geek world, whether it was when you were a kid or when you were older. Um, sure. Yeah, just... Yeah, yeah so actually, um, I'm sure a few people have heard this, but my dad actually started what is Reese's Rare Comics. It actually started under the name Greg Reese's Rare Comics. He actually had a store all the way back in 1993. Um, for those who were around back then, that was pretty much the worst time to open a comic shop. <laughs> that is when the comic market crashed. So my first memories, you know, I was young back then. I was growing up in the back of the store, you know, really comics didn't get them through a couple of those years. It was Pokemon cards. It was Beanie Babies. It was sports cards. It was pretty much everything except comics. So I remember being in the comic shop and, you know, kids in my class were like, oh, that's so cool. Your dad owns the comic shop. But I was in the back looking for Cal Ripken cards. You know? <laughs> so, so that's kind of the introduction. And then kind of as I got older, you know, he only had the store for a few years before he had to get rid of it. Uh, he had four kids. So it just wasn't paying the bills. Um, fast forward like 15 years later and he gets a call from a buddy of his that says, hey, man, you still do comics. And it turns out to be like a 40,000 book collection. So at the time, my dad just says, 
hey, I can do this part time. I'll go to some weekend gigs, you know, save some extra money for retirement, blah, blah, blah. Well, within like a year or two, he realized I can do this full time. I can quit my job, you know, do this all 24 seven. And so that's what he did. He built a website, got on board. And at the time, you know, we only did the local one or two day shows. We'd go to the Baltimore Comic Con. And I started doing that when I was in, I think, ninth grade in high school. So I would go help him out. He'd give me, you know, 100, 200 bucks for doing the weekend or whatever. And we would set up there. And then it got to the point where, you know, my older brother, Alex, was graduating college and my dad had grown the business. And he was like, I need someone full time. And so Alex joined the business. And then a few years later, I was graduating school and, you know, he had kind of thrown it out to me. Hey, if, if you want to join the business, it's up to you. Um, but we could certainly use the help. So that was about five years ago when I joined on full time, but it kind of, you know, been dabbling in it throughout the last 10 years or so. Wow. That's awesome. Is your dad still involved at all? Yeah. So uh, as of about two years ago, he actually moved down to Florida. Alex and I are based in Maryland. So my dad's always going to be a part of it. You know, he started that it. it's kind of his baby, so to speak. But as far as, you know, answering the Instagram messages and the day-to-day -day emails and packing books and scanning stuff, that's all Alex and I, we really, uh, I would say we're kind of the gears of the operation. And my dad's always kind of the big picture kind of guy. What can we do next? You know, what kind of markets can we get into? Um, all that kind of stuff. So I like to think we all really have our own specialty and we work really well together. But anymore, I would say, you know, if you call or email us, it's Alex and I doing the day-to-day. -day and my dad uh, is kind of looking at everything, you know, from the 30,000 foot view. <laughs> nice. Right. It's funny, you know, I, ha I have your card here that I've gotten so many times with all my orders. It looks like a completely different guy in this picture. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a little bit less facial hair and a few less pounds, right? <laughs> uh, we, we're all guilty of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we've been meaning to update those a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you got to hold on to that. That's a, that's a first print. <laughs> that's a class. <laughs> Um, so is there anybody else involved with you guys? Is it just pretty much family or do you guys have other people helping you? Yeah, so it's always been a family business. My uh, stepmom, Ginger, has always been involved as well. If you guys see us at the shows, it's us four up on the yeah. sign, all that. Yeah. Um, you know, our, some, some of my brothers have helped in for a show or two here and there. But for the most part, for the past 10 years, it's just been us. Um, you know, it's really tough to hire anyone because you know you really have to trust any employee that you hire but when it's yeah. a family business it's almost like you're adding them to your family we literally spend every day together when we're on the road we're in the same hotel room like so it's just a, a big trust factor so it's not the same as just going out and being like hey man come on board um so as of right now you know it's just just been a small family business like i said it's alex and i on the day-to-day -day. um my dad and my stepmom ginger come back and help out, you know, a few months in the year. So really just a small family business. That's awesome. Cool. I mean, you guys, even though it's a small family business, it definitely has a, you know, a wide, uh, wide umbrella of touch there. I think uh, anyone in the comic industry would know the name right away once you say, and I mean, you don't even have to say the same thing. You just say Reese's <laughs> and the only other thing people are going to think of is candy. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that, man. That's kind of uh, always been the goal for us. You know, I think when my dad got back into starting the business again, he really noticed there was a lack of like really professional looking websites and a professional brand that had, you know, spot on the hands on customer service. And I think we've kind of just always had that touch of we want that personal touch. Like it's not just a business transaction for us. We like building relationships with our customers. We've known I've known guys since I was 13 years old that still buy books from us. 
So it's always been about that. And I, I do appreciate that you guys have taken notice. And um, yeah, I know a lot of people on Instagram just think my name is Reese. So I am awesome <laughs> to all of you people. <laughs> so I was, I was scoping out your website last night. And what I love about your website, it's real simple to navigate. Like, oh, yeah, it's very direct and you, you don't get lost on it. Um, Can't say the so, same for most other places. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I like the section where, you know, if I want to see first appearances and I mean, you've got that section and 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 the, and the pedigrees and all that so it's i mean kudos to you guys to get to have a nice yeah. clean website thank you very much man it was definitely a big undertaking i think we launched that two and a half years ago which was a big update from our original website <laughs> um anybody in that world knows that it's a lot of work and when you deal with the kind of stuff that we deal with it's even more work and when we wanted to add some of the custom features you know make an offer feature a want list feature that stuff isn't just plug and play. You know, you do have to actually yeah. spend some time doing it. And you also have to know what you guys are looking for, what, you know, comic customers want. And so I always try to cater to like, if I were buying this comic book, what's the easiest way to find it? And, and how can we present that in a really clear cut way? So always trying to work on it. And uh, I appreciate you taking notice. Yeah. And, you know, and again, you know, you keep it simple because, you, you know, some of these sites you go on, especially comic books, you get frustrated. And yeah, like I said, when yours is so clean and direct and everything else and keep it simple and everybody's happy. Hey, thank you very much, man. Yeah, cool. we've always prided ourselves on that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, it's like as simple as I just want to see the book. Right. Like yeah. how many how many sites do we see where you can't even see the back cover? Right. You know, it's just yeah, it's just something where. <laughs> As a buyer, you know, you, you, I just always implemented all the features that I always wanted, you know, out of a website. So, you know, not to say that we have 100% all the stuff in there that we would have wanted. I think that would have probably cost us way too much money, but um, we're certainly happy with where it's at right now and uh, cool. always looking to improve. Yeah, keep ads off of there. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. it all up. It's okay. No one's offered me any anyways. So. <laughs> no fun. problem. <laughs> so you've mentioned that you guys spent a lot of time on the road. I mean, this is going to be probably a pre-COVID question, but how many shows do you guys, you know, typically do in a year? Yeah. So anymore, um, it really depends, but we're kind of in the realm of like 12 to 15 shows, depending on the schedule. You know, a lot of these shows anymore, are, you know, scheduling on the same weekend, you know, some of them are in Seattle, some of them are in Ch Chicago. So like I mentioned earlier, we only have kind of the, two to four person crew. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the number there is about 12 to 15. Um, and we kind of hit the big ones, New York Comic-Con, uh, C2E2 in Chicago. We do Emerald City, we do WonderCon, we do San Diego. Um, you know, we go to MegaCon in Florida. So we really try and hit a whole bunch of different parts of the country, but just try and do like their mega show um, that they have in the state. And do you drive to all of them? You guys I was just going to answer that. Ask, ask that. Yeah, uh, pretty much everything uh, that's not on the West Coast we drive to, although we have driven to San Diego twice uh, from Maryland, which is oh, a, <laughs> a, love, a lovely four-day drive. And, you know, it's me and my brother, so nothing could go wrong. You know? uh, a lot of friendly conversation. But, you know, you, you do that, and it, it actually, I joke, but it's fun. You know, we yeah. do four days out, and uh, I always joke that the first two days, you know, we're talking, everything's going on. And then by the end of, like, the fourth day, we're like, hey, did you see that? And he's like, yeah. Like we've been together the whole yeah. time, so all the experiences. I mentioned the trip on the way back is even better, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, last time I convinced him to do it in three days because he was like, "Oh, we can, we're gonna do it in four. We're gonna, you know, even though that's taking our time, which is like twelve hours a day." I was like, "No, we can make it." So we drove from Texas all the way to Maryland in like eighteen hours in one night because wow. we had been on the road for I think fifteen straight days. 
and uh, I missed my girlfriend and he missed his <laughs> wife. So <laughs> we, were, we were ready to get home. That's so, so, that's, so, so that must be pretty nerve wracking. So you're driving these big books, like in a in a car, in a truck or whatever. And, you know, it's got to be nerve wracking to, you know, not be in an accident and losing all that huge investment. I mean, Sure. I mean, uh, you know, you got to, you know, deal with collectibles insurance and all that. But at the end of the day, I would uh, rather drive them myself than trust them through any other transport. Yeah. So yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it is nerve wracking, but it's the least nerve wracking option, in my opinion. <laughs> I can see that for sure. <laughs> do you guys have a favorite show that you do? Oh, you know, it's hard to say. I think every one of them kind of has its own little thing because you're in a different city. So it's like we like a, a restaurant here. We, you know, some of them we have friends that aren't in the comic world that we see. Um, but to actually give you an answer, I would say, I'd say um, C2E2 is a great show because it's kind of in the middle of the country. We get guys from the West Coast. We get guys that come out from the East Coast. We got guys that come down from Canada. So it's really just like a good middle ground for seeing as many of our customers as possible. Plus, the food is incredible. Yeah, I've always heard good things about the C2E2. I think we, uh, we've we actually probably seen you in multiple states, too, because we uh, about two years ago, we went to the Baltimore Con, yep. too. And we love that show, it's too, because show. it's like it's very much a, a, a comic collector show more than some yeah. of these other shows, which are catered towards, you know, like cosplay and like a lot of advertising. So we really do love that show as well. Yeah, and that's the one I tell people, you know, when I'm doing these shows and they say, hey, what, what else should I go to? I always tell them to check out either Baltimore Comic Con or Heroes Con, because yeah. if they're coming to see me, then they're coming to see books. Yeah. And those, to me, are the two shows that have the most selection. And really, you know, the Baltimore last year, we had Three Men in the Basement podcast out there. You guys are out there. So it's kind of like the Instagram fam, like community. Yeah. It's like yeah. really tight knit. You can like meet a lot of people in the same weekend. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of great stuff there, too. That's cool. I do remember, I don't know if it was you or your brother, you did some uh, pretty funny Instagram Live videos from some of the road trips that you guys have done. Those, <laughs> those are pretty enjoyable and entertaining to watch. <laughs> yeah, like I said, man, you spend enough time in the van, you're just kind of looking for things to do. So, yeah, we, we try and have fun with it. And, uh, you know, Instagram's been great for us. And we certainly appreciate all you guys who are watching and, um, you know, who, who've uh, interacted with us over the years. It's been a real game changer. So, um, yeah, man, it's been a blast. Especially the last year, I'm sure, when we, you haven't been able to do any shows. Nobody's been able to go to any. Yeah, it's, you know, the internet internet sales have been wild. Um, you know, I brought this up in a newsletter I sent like two weeks ago. But I remember, you know, it was almost, a, it was a year ago last week. Uh, we actually posted on our Instagram and we sent out a newsletter saying that we were pulling out from Emerald City Comic Con. And, you know, most people were pretty cool about it. I did get some backlash. Um, but it was, you have to remember, it was right at the beginning. No one really knew what was going on. Um, but we knew that there were cases popping up in Seattle and we were just kind of looking out for our family and for ourselves. And um, looking back on that time, I remember that first week, it was like a spigot turned off because we did no online sales. I had zero orders one day where we had like had a streak of like three years where we did a minimum of one order. And wow. it was just wild to be like, what is this next year going to be like? And, you know, a full year later, we look back and obviously you know, we're seeing record breaking prices on some of these keys. And, you know, it seems like every book has, you know, a new high for a 90 day average. So, you know, it's really been uh, uh, completely black and white as far as how the year, you know, began and where we're at right now. Yeah. So we, I, I don't, I wanted to ask you guys about this specifically. So we've noticed like, 
I'm sure you've seen it as well. A lot of people doing these like kind of like virtual sales and online sales. We noticed that you guys kind of steered clear of that. Was there any like reasoning why you guys didn't kind of jump in the pool there? Um, yeah, I don't really have any one specific reason other other than I don't have enough time in the day <laughs> to get everything done. Um, so it's certainly something that we considered, especially in the beginning. Um, but as things moved on, you know, we've kind of always just been like, you know, we don't really do the auction kind of thing. We don't really do, you know, the live sales is new and I'm not saying I won't do it, but at the time it didn't make sense. Hopefully as things, you know, slow down or maybe we can get some more help. That is, you know, an avenue I'd like to explore. Um, I've had a few people reach out and say, Hey, you, you guys would do really well with this. So, um, if you guys are watching or listening to this now and you think we should do it, send me a message. You know, the more people that tell me uh, they want to see us on there, the more I'm willing to do it. So, well, you um, definitely have three right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that, guys. Don't yeah, know like my I wife said, would like it. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough. You know, every single day we're trying to get new material listed on the website. And, you know, it feels to me like if I don't put something new on there, I stop giving people a reason to go. So, if I'm taking stuff away from there to do in a live sale, you know, it just makes it more difficult to yeah, keep, you know, all those avenues moving. Uh, again, I'm not saying I'll never do it. I think we definitely have enough inventory that we could pull out to make it a really successful thing. But, you know, I just need some more time right now. Yeah, I think it, you guys were kind of in a unique position because you already had like, you know, an internet sales store up and going. So to like kind of take that stuff and shift it to, you know, a live sale where it's kind of like, it's more, it's probably easier for dealers who just do shows. So Right. No, and I, and I can completely get that. You know, there are a lot of people whose only business model is doing eBay and selling at shows. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, they lost a big revenue stream and, you know, we obviously did too, but we've had a website for 12 years where some other guys are trying to start one. And um, when you have that built in relationship with customers who you have met at shows and it's not some random guy who would put a web, you know, books on a website, they know who we are. They've dealt with our family, you know, they can see us on Instagram. Hey, these guys are legit all that kind of stuff, it does make it easier when they can just go online and see our full catalog. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you, you do a lot of traveling, you know, you go to a lot of these different cities. How do you guys go about like deciding what to take? I mean, you have so much, how do you decide what to take to what show or do you guys just take everything? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you ask that. So um, when my dad first started the business, he literally brought everything he owned to every <laughs> show. It was just like, this is all we have. And obviously, over the years, you know, you buy more collections, you kind of um, select, you know, you do enough business, you start to realize what people are asking for, or what your brand is known for. So we're known for, you know, high grade, I think, silver and bronze, bronze age Marvel and DC books. You know, obviously we have a ton of golden age. We do have some modern stuff, but for the most part, if you come to see us at a show, that's what you're looking for. So when we, you know, get these collections and we're pricing books to bring to a show, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for runs of silver and bronze age, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Daredevil, you know, on the other side, Green Lantern, you know, Batman, Wonder Woman. It, you know, it's the bread and butter of the comic world. And that's kind of always what we've been known for and what our customers enjoy. The heavy hitters. Although I have seen yeah. quite a quite a few really nice TMNTs that you guys have had over the years. I <laughs> yeah, think that one we had in Baltimore a few years ago was like what a nine six or something like that. Yeah, we had a nine six uh, signed. I remember that one. It had the four head sketches on it. Um, but yeah, that book has a funny way of finding its way to us. You know, we've dealt <laughs> with a handful of those over the years. I think we have one right now. It, it seems like we've had like a consistent streak of five years where we have at least one in inventory 
Um, you know, and I don't hate it. I like that book. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you guys, um, considering how many different places you go and like the revenue streams in different cities, do you guys price differently depending where you're going or do you guys keep it pretty consistent? No, it's a great question. And one I get um, at the shows all the time, people are like, oh, I saw this, you know, cheaper or whatever. It's more expensive here. And I'm, and the truth is every price for the graded books that are on our website that yeah. we bring to the shows, exactly the same. Yeah. I don't have the time to go through and mark up <laughs> books, you know, and, and that's what happens. People will come to a show and, you know, a, a character will get announced overnight and they'll, yeah. you know, come up and try and buy them. And I'm like, look, man, I'll sell it to you for, you know, the price that I have it listed at. But, you know, they shot up $50 or $100 overnight. Yeah. So it, it's kind of one of those things where the raw books, I, I think we try and go through maybe every year and pick out stuff and, and reprice them because those, if they sit in your inventory for a year, as we've seen, you know, they can shoot uh, 500 to 1,000 bucks. You never know. On the graded stuff, because it's listed on our website, it's kind of a more uh, evolving inventory. So we have a much better grasp of kind of like where those books are and what the market price is. Um, so we have like two different sections of stuff we bring to a show, and that's like a graded section and then a raw section. And the raw section kind of just stays put. You know, we keep kind of, we always like try and add a long box full of new stuff every show. So it's kind of like freshening it up a little bit. And then the graded books is, you know, constantly churning. I'd say every show we do in a normal year, 30 to 50% of our graded books have only been there for six months or less. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's really just a kind of a matter of kind of churn and burn as far as that's concerned. Now, are these graded books, are these ones that you buy from, you know, a collection or do you go, you know, get books and then get them graded to add to the collection? Yeah, a little column A, a little column B. Um, you know, we buy all the time. So again, anyone listening, if you guys have books to sell, could be one, could be a thousand. Please send us a message. We we aren't afraid to buy any collections. Um, but yeah, we buy single books. You know, if sometimes it may just be an Avengers one someone wants to get out of. Um, and then on the other hand, we had constantly are sending books out to CGC. I'd say we probably send out an invoice a week um, because you guys know the term with different turnaround times, it takes about two to three to four months, depending on the submission tier yeah. to get stuff back. So kind of our goal is if, well, if we constantly send it out, then we're constantly getting it back in. So right now, you know, I have like four or five boxes of stuff I need to, to get out and go through and actually get listed on the website. Um, but then at the same time, you got to go, you can't forget that invoice because then you're going to have a dry spell in the summer. So yeah. it really is a fine balance between kind of finding you know, how much you can get listed and how much you can get sent out to CGC. Sounds like you guys have it down to a science though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, uh, I give a lot of credit to my dad there. You know, he definitely, uh, you know, he came up with the bones of the operation. And uh, as I've said, I think we all kind of bring something different. You know, my brother, Alex is a really great grader. I, he deals with a lot of the CGC invoices. You know, I do most of the social media. I revamped a lot of our website. So it's kind of like we all like had these different skill sets going into it, you know, as any person would. And when we start kind of letting each other do what we do best, you know, it really adds to like a fluid operation. Nice. Awesome. So wow. I think it's safe to say like there, there's very few keys. I feel like that haven't jumped like crazy in the last year. Yeah, we, sure. we see every day we see records being broken, like you said, overnight. Definitely. Is there anything that's like, what surprised you the most, I guess, over the last year? Oh, wow. Um, I guess I would just say the continued uh, explosion of Holcorn 81. Uh, that's a <laughs> book that, you know, you can go back 10 years and people would say that book's overpriced. There's thousands of them on the census. And, 
you know, it's that FF 48 and 49 giant size that all of those people, you know, for years and years and years are saying, oh, these are overpriced. They can't possibly go up anymore. And what we've learned is that the demand for these books far outweighs the supply. And uh, I'm not saying that the prices won't come down or they won't plateau because, you know, we are in a market. These things do happen. But that being said, what we've seen in the last year to me shows that there are people that, you know, there's a market for a 1.0 and there's a market for a 9.8 and there's a market for everything in between. And I think there's more of those people out there than I ever could have dreamed of. Yeah, 100%. That's a great answer. That's probably the best anyone's put it yeah. to us so far. <laughs> and, you know, we've had this debate amongst ourselves like so many times. It's just like, like yeah, there's thousands, you know, just like you said, there's thousands in the market. But think about that, like, and just think about how many people are X-Men fans. And then on yeah, top of right. that, how many of those people are Wolverine fans? And then, you know, now you're realizing these people are getting older and older. They're getting more money in their pockets. So they want to get right. into this, you know, they want to mm -hmm. get into these larger books. So, you know, it's yeah, kind of happened so, with us too. It, it's <laughs> funny when you're insulated in the comic world, you can get really caught up in what other people are saying is rare or not rare. Um, I collect, you know, dabble in sports cards. I've always loved sports cards as a kid. And when you look at what the modern sports cards market has gone through, you know, uh, I'm, I don't know how much crossover there is on this show, but if you look up some of these prices for cards that came out three years ago, it's like eight, nine hundred dollars for a PSA ten, and there's twenty three thousand of them on yeah. the census. Again, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that that's not a you know that market's not in the bubble. I, I'm not really sure. I think the prices will come down at some point. But my point is that there's enough of a market that they can support 23,000 PSA 10s. Where if you look at like a Spider-Man one in all grades, there's like, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, maybe 5,000, that's a complete guess. So yeah. someone's gonna fact check me, but whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not a very high number. Um, yeah. and, and the fact that, you know, that book for so long, you know, was affordable, you know, depending on where you are, but, uh, now we're starting to see some of these price increases that to me have always kind of been, you know, there have always been books that I thought were undervalued or, or too cheap for what they were. And, you know, Spidey one and uh, X-Men one and Fantastic Four number one were all all of those. So um, it's certainly an interesting time to kind of look at the overall market. It's a bad time to buy if you're a collector. <laughs> I would say it's a bad time to start buying if you yes. haven't bought anything else yeah. before. But if you right. own a vintage comic book, then you're doing great. Yes, <laughs> yes that's true. It's funny you mentioned the cards. I, I was really into the basketball cards for such yep. a long time. And I had and I had gotten out and like I, I heard it was like, you know, it was just doing so poorly for so many years. And then recently, like just like everything else, it's just exploded. I was I I didn't really see that one coming at all. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't think anyone's seen, you know, quite the growth in any of the collectible industry. You know, we've seen it with sports cards this year. We've seen it with graded video games. We've seen it with comic books. We've seen it with Magic the Gathering. It's all across the board. So Those cards are uh, insane, Magic the Gathering right now. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> if you try to narrow it down, I think you can kind of get two in the weeds with trying to pinpoint any one reason of why these things are happening but when you step back and look at you know there's i can think of five different things off the top yeah. of my head for why these are you know gaining popularity and exploding in price so uh it's definitely like i said it's a good time to be in collectibles it's certainly a lot of fun um you know and, and the people that are buying from us uh most of these guys have great collections already so yeah. um you know these prices are going up but so is the value of their collection now they can right. trade me something towards a book um, that I wouldn't have valued the same a year ago. That's true. That's a good so, point. 
So you brought up the graded the graded video games. Um, how did you? Because I noticed on your website that you do sell those now too. How did you get into the graded video game market? Yeah, it was kind of a, a lightning in a bottle situation. You know, it was funny. About five years ago, my brother Alex he brought up the point of, hey, we should really look at you know some of these sealed video games and. Uh, we were kind of like, hey, man, we're really busy. You know, we don't really have a lot of time for all that. And like, how much money is this going to take away from what we can buy with comics and, and all that kind of stuff and things you have to think about when you run a business. Um, and so we were sitting there and then about two years later, we're at, um, I think C2E2 maybe was the show, but it was a show in Chicago. And we ended up meeting Dennis Kahn, who was the founder of Wada Games. Oh, he wow. was there uh, basically pitching his idea of starting this new grading company you know, he knew some people that we knew and we, you know, got to meet him. He showed us his video game collection in his basement. My brother and I had already been collecting video games, not sealed, but complete in box, you know, stuff we grew up with as kids. And we were like, oh my God, this is such a no brainer because we saw what happened with the comic market in CGC and we realized how much that could change the landscape of video games. So pretty much right then and there like that, I think it was the following year uh, they had actually formed Wada was creating games and there was someone set up there that actually like was selling games and we bought a sealed uh, we bought a sealed Super Mario Bros and we bought a gloss sticker early print Super Mario Bros that very first show so ever since then you know it's kind of like uh, just like comics you just have to dive in and kind of do the homework and and find out you know what you want but we always were like you know we're gamers we still play games my brother and i do so it's like we grew up on legend of zelda and super smash bros and you know mario kart so we were like we're just gonna buy the stuff that we liked and hope that everyone else liked it just as much and that, that's kind of been the uh you know it, it's been right you know so far so definitely something we uh, like doing and you know want to get more involved in as, as time goes on and so, that's the biggest thing what you said was like you know you guys like doing it and so like hopefully other people and that's the thing like nostalgia is starting to catch up to like all those different mediums of like what people were into at that time and it's just it's actually really cool i mean it's frustrating for when you want to buy it and get into it but i mean the fact that it's oh you realize how many other people were into the same thing it's it, when you think about it, it's really cool yeah and uh, we were talking about this recently my brother and i about you know there's a new generation that literally has grown up in a digital age. So what is that nostalgia going to be? Are they going to be buying first generation iPhones? Like, are they going to be looking for iPod? Like, we're just like, it's just spitballing kind of like always <laughs> off the wall. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, these franchises, video games and comic books have grown into the digital landscape. You know, we have the Spider-Man game on PS4 and PS5. And, you know, there's all these like kind of, uh, they they go across different universes and they, they live on. So I think that the next generation is gonna be just as interested in that kind of stuff as we all are. Um, it might be for different reasons. It might be that someone grew up, you know, and their dad took them to see every Marvel movie and they're nostalgic for that feeling, but they, you know, wanna get back to the source material and find books that way. So. You know, I'm always thinking about things like that and, and how it's going to affect our market in 10 and 20 years. Mm. That's a great way to look at it. It's really good, uh, ins insightfully, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Convention-wise, like, so I, there's two questions I, I got about conventions. And, and, and I, I guess I'm going to be a doom and gloom kind of person seeing that I brought up about, you know, driving things across the country and getting into accidents. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I've come to a few, like, there was one show I went to a couple of years ago, and I was standing next to a guy that walked away with a Hulk one, like, from a booth. Mm -hmm. Like, has that happened to you guys, where you guys lost a big book, and, you know, what do you do when stuff like, when stuff like that happens? 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely an unfortunate part of our business. You know, when you're dealing with books that are worth thousands of dollars, um, unfortunately, that's going to attract criminals sometimes. Um, I would like to point out that 99.9% of the deal we with, people we deal with are honest and great people. Um, some of the coolest people we've gotten to know. But certainly there is that, you know, 0.1% that kind of likes to ruin it for everyone. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, we've had we've had stuff stolen from us before. My dad literally caught someone who took a book off of our wall at a show and he followed him. Uh, I'll do a sidebar here. <laughs> he followed this guy all the way, you know, through the convention center and he's yelling at him, hey, this guy stole my book. This guy stole my book. The guy, you know, uh, goes to the cops and he was like, this crazy guy is following me. I've never seen him before. He's harassing me, all this stuff. And so thankfully the cops are smart. They take my dad 20 feet away. They take this other guy 20 feet the other way. And they ask my dad, hey, what's the significance of this book? How do you know it's yours, blah, blah, blah. And my dad's like, oh, it was the first appearance of so-and-so. I have a picture of it on my website. Here it is. It has this little stain on the top corner. And meanwhile, the other guy's like, yeah, my grandfather gave it to me. I'm just here to sell it at the show. <laughs> so the cops pretty much quickly figured out, hey, this guy definitely stole it. Gave it back to my dad, you know. Uh, which is a happy ending. But the sad part is that my dad's like, I want to prosecute this guy. You know, he clearly, I caught him red handed. He stole, I don't remember the value of the book, but it was enough at the time that it really impacted our business and still would to this day, to be honest. But, you know, he, he wanted to prosecute and he's talking with this guy in New York and months go by. And my dad's like, I don't care if it takes years. Like, I just want, you know, some justice to be served. And basically at the end of the day, you know, the person he's talking to, I don't know, judge or police officer or whoever um, is assigned to the case. But he basically is like, you know, we deal with rapists, murderers every day. I I'm sorry that happened to you, but we just don't have time for it. So, yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. discouraging because you're just like, well, they, they're getting away with this. And, yeah, you know, right. getting what's he going to do next week? And he's going to do the same thing, get a slap right. on the wrist or he, he'll get away. And, um, you know, like I said, it's just an unfortunate part of our business. You know, we try and be really vigilant. Every time we're at a trade show, that's kind of, you know, the biggest opportunity for theft. Um, but that's why we try and, you know, stay off our phones, stay on your feet, look at everybody. And, and again, we have customers like you guys who are at our booth in cities across the country, and they're kind of like looking out for you too. So yeah. that that's a really nice part about, you know, building these relationships and having customers is that, you know, they want you to come back to their city. They want to support you. They don't want to see you get robbed. You know, it's all, you know, that kind of community thing. Uh, that we've been talking about, you know, whether it's in person at a show or online on Instagram, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're all here for is just to help each other out and, and point each other in the right direction. I definitely feel like there's more of the good apples than, you know, in anything oh, else. There's definitely. always like those one or two bad apples. But, you know, I uh, that's my favorite thing about this community is it's really tight knit, you know, and they, you know, the, people will really come to bat for you if they need you. People who never might not have, have even met you in person will come to bat for you just because, you know, they know your reputation. They know you that you would have done right by them. And, you know, it's a great reputation that you guys have built as well. Um, yeah. Thank you, man. I, I definitely appreciate that. And, uh, and I would just echo what you said. There's way more good people than bad you know unfortunately it's always kind of the negative and you know hateful people that you deal with that stick out in your head the most yeah. but then i always stop myself to remember that the only reason you you know you don't remember all the great people is because you didn't have that negative interaction so yeah. even that's that's you know unfortunate if you stop and take the time to really remember you know how many easy smooth you know transactions we have and not to mention just the nice people you know that i get to deal with and people wishing me you know a, a good weekend or a nice day and you know, all the people who post their books that they buy from us on Instagram, like I really do appreciate that. If it's at 11 p.m. at night, I try and go on there and give it a like and a comment because 
you know, they don't have to do that. And uh, yeah. I do want them to know that I notice it. And it really does mean a lot, you know, for even just like that little grassroots thing, you know, we've always tried and just build our brand that way. It's just like, you had a good experience with us. I hope you tell your friend and hopefully he has a good experience with us. And then he tells other people and that's kind of how we've grown the whole thing. That's awesome. So, so we got a, one of the bad stories out. What's your like craziest fun story? That's where I was going at, next. At a convention. <laughs> oh, at a convention. Not the one you just, not the one you just said. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, da, 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 da. I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, man. There's there's so many memories of just like weird things happening at conventions. Um, Steve Aoki, like famous DJ, stopped by our booth in New York City Comic Con like a couple years ago. You know you kind of cross paths with a lot of celebrities. Like, uh, I think I told this on another podcast, but just, you know, cause it popped in my head, you know, I was at San Diego like three years ago and we're getting ready to break down the booth and it's always mayhem. You know, there's thousands of people, you know, like I said, we drove five days to get there. We just worked five more days and we have to drive five days home. <laughs> so we want to leave, like we're tired and we want to leave. And so like, you have to like jump through all these hoops and like, we're getting stuff. And I'm like running to like the back of this convention center. I'm like, we have to find a pallet to get our stuff <laughs> and get it wrapped like before everyone else. Cause like, you know, if you don't like, you're going to be waiting hours yeah. to get out of there. So I like shove this door open and this guy opens it. And I'm like, that looks familiar. It was George R. R. Martin oh, wow. <laughs> waiting, for, waiting for his oh, limo to take him out of the back. And <laughs> I literally don't even say a word to him. I was just like pallet. And I like went and got the pallet <laughs> and just like, by the, like two hours later, I'm sitting in the car. I didn't even think to bring it up. I like look at my brother. I'm like, so I saw George R. R. Martin like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was, that was definitely like a funny memory. Um, but like comic book wise, um, I had a guy a few years ago, um, hadn't really messaged him at all. I didn't really know the guy. I guess he found me through Instagram and he goes, Hey, um, I see you're at the show in Chicago. Um, do you buy books? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm here all weekend, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is Instagram. I think the guy's in yeah. California or Canada or whatever. And so he's like, I have Spider-Man one through 10, all signed by Stanley, all graded. You know, what would you pay for these? So I'm like, hey, man, like I'm currently at a convention, um, but here's what I would pay for them. I could get you paid when I get home next week. And he goes, oh, no problem. I'm right down the street. So <laughs> he walks <laughs> in the building comes by the booth, drops off the books. I wrote him a check and that was that. Like, wow. that was it, man. It was like one of the craziest things ever. We were like, oh my God, did that just, it was like a 30 minute transaction where I was like, you know, <laughs> normally these things take weeks and I'm like yeah. sitting there, I'm like Spider-Man one, Spider-Man two. Like, you know, sometimes like you get like those, you know, wins like that where, you know, you grind so hard for the other stuff and then something like that falls in your lap and you're just like, that was amazing. <laughs> you gotta take those wins when they come, right? <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard, man. So you mentioned us. Oh, go ahead, JJ. No, I was just wondering. Uh, do you have any high-profile buyers? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no that's, same thing. That's yeah. okay. Um, you know, I I obviously can't uh, say any names or anything like that, but I you know definitely say there's a few people that I bought from us over the years that have been surprising to me. Yeah. Good. I know that's a not. I know that's a not super fun way to say. No, it, no that's okay. No, there's 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 different people. people. We're surprised sometimes, like who are like the big people in the comic book market. Like we've heard, like you know, obviously Nicolas Cage is probably like one of the most famous ones, but like we were like quietly hearing like Leonardo DiCaprio is another guy who's like really into comics because I guess his dad used to be kind of like a dealer back in the day. Well, and... I can safely say I've never met Leo. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then I heard um, also Freddie Prince Jr. is another guy who's like a huge collector. 
Galacto too. Cool. So it's I interesting. Say, like the the one like group of like high status, you know, celebrities it, um, are a lot of musicians. So I, I will uh, say that. Okay. Like a lot of and it kind of makes sense when you start yeah. thinking about like the creative type and all that. Um, I've definitely met more musicians that way. And you know, sometimes it's you know, musicians can kind of fly under the radar too yeah, if they're not like the front man, like if they're just like the bassist, but still yeah. like a band that you're like, Oh my I heard I know that band. Like but you were like <laughs> if you put a gun to your head, you're like, I couldn't yeah. name their bassist though. Right. So yeah, it's stuff true. like that where you're like, uh, yeah, like they could buy my whole booth, but like, you know, not the most famous person in the world. Right. Isn't one of them, isn't one of them like Metallica? One of the guys on Metallica is a big comic yeah, book. Yeah. A big comic. You guys yeah, gotta yeah. find him and send him to my way <laughs> he's a big no, comic I, book collector. Yeah, I mean obviously, you know, John Dolmayan uh, owns yeah. Torpedo Comics yeah. and, yeah. and he kinda it is tied into the music world. So I think, you know, he has um, you know, associates or friends or whatever you want to call them that kind of have he's pointed, you know, in the right direction sometimes as who they should buy books from and all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. I think we I think we checked off all the all the wow. questions. Um, do you guys have anything like coming up that you're excited about? Um, near man, future? pretty much just all the typical plugs. I mean, you know, I, I always tell people like Tuesday through Friday, if you can get on the website in the afternoon, even for like five to ten minutes to see what we're listing. That's kind of the goal for us, just to always get new material up during the weekdays. Um, like I said, we're, you know, we're trying to get more and more stuff just every oh, single day. I never day. close the website. I just refresh it every <laughs> day. I, I, love that. I, I literally love that. That's <laughs> my favorite answer ever. So, you know, definitely just stay tuned there. Stay tuned on Instagram. If you don't follow us there at Reese's Rare Comics. Um, I always try and post like a book a day of something new. I always try and keep it fresh. Like we posted this within the last 24 hours or like here's a new collection we got. Um, so we definitely have some exciting things on the works. I can't really talk about all of them right now, but those are kind of the places where you would find out about that kind of stuff so if you guys want to keep up with us um and you know like we've been saying um if you guys buy a book from us and post it on instagram thank you so much you know if you have any questions you can always send me a dm and uh when we do do shows again all of our schedule is posted on our website uh so please come see us of course <laughs> awesome i tried to sell a kidney today yeah. to get that new um, I, I did that for you the there you go store. <laughs> right on thank you guys man i really appreciate it and uh please let me know if there's anything i can do for you guys as well thank you man awesome. thank you, for coming cool. with us. Thank right you on, very man. much again for joining us and uh have a great weekend <laughs> all right thanks hey thank you brother appreciate it. you guys have a good weekend too all right too and we're back hey guys thanks for that that was an awesome interview um i like this guy i like i don't remember I, I don't remember talking about any of the shows, but well, I, think I think it's because he's in disguise now. Yeah, <laughs> I've always, I've always, I, for some strange reason, I just remember his dad. Yeah, I remember you know? a, few, a few New York Comic Cons for sure. But that was an awesome, awesome interview. Yeah. Um, I mean, those it guys are great from industry people, especially someone like that, where they're you know Reese has been around for such a long time. Yeah, he's pretty much grown up in the industry. Mm -hmm. His yeah. brother looks a lot like him too, so that might be some of the confusion. They're very similar looking. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, yeah. and again, like we, I've talked about, like I was on his website, their website last night, and you know, I started like, all right, I want to buy this, I want to buy that. I already found like two Aquaman there's books I don't so, have, like I'm going to no. buy those. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, like I said, guys, if you can check out their website, it's a really cool website. I'm a big fan of their website. They're always great and they're always fair. If like you want to like shoot them an offer too, you know, <laughs> they're, you know, they're willing, they're willing to make deals if you know, if not outrageous deals, but if you know, if you give them a reasonable deal, they're usually willing to do it. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Thanks for having. Thanks for him to coming on. It's good yeah. stuff. What are we going to talk about next? What are we going to close this episode off with? We are going to. 
put WandaVision to bed. Let's <laughs> just get rid of it. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. We love it. We're, but this is the last time we're going to talk about it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think it, the, the season, you know. Until uh, next season, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are there, is there going to be another well, season? Well, the last episode, the no. title of it was the series finale. So. Yeah. It's done. So, I mean, listen, it was a great season. Every episode puts you on the edge of your seat. It was awesome. I'm actually glad it's over so I can move on to the next one that's coming up. But uh, thoughts, guys, who wants to start it off? I am, I got to say, and spoiler alert, obviously. Yes. Um, so if you don't want to know anything about the ending, if you haven't watched it, pause it now. Come back after you watched it. There you go. So the first thing I'm going to say is uh, there's been fan theory after fan theory. Who's going to show up? Who's going to be responsible for this, that, the other thing? They were fun, like for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> I am so happy that they ended up not bringing someone in. To Did anybody? Did they bring anybody in? It tied, it would have taken away from the story as a whole, I think, and tying up at the end. Like, they just focused on WandaVision, which yeah. was great. So they didn't, you know. Like the Luke, the Luke Skywalker thing in Mandalorian was awesome, but you know something like that. I feel like yeah, I don't think it did it in Mandalorian, but it could detract from the main story. You know, you see, and I think what you're saying there, I think that needed something. Like you needed something else to come in and close that story. Yeah, something that like I think what you're trying to say is something else coming. Something else coming in would have distracted from this story. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. I don't think they could have done. See, this was only one season. Doing that whole Skywalker thing on season two of The Mandalorian, yeah. that worked. Yeah, totally. we're already We're already into it. We've already yeah. invested one season. We're in season two. You needed a big, giant climax to this to, to finish, you know, to finish off the season, mm -hmm. and that worked. Doing that with something like this, where it's one season and it's kind of just, you know, the one story, you're right. It would have ruined it, and it, it, it would have been holes yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you think, like um... – that a lot of the mixed feelings on this are mainly because people are like upset they didn't get like these big reveals for their books or people are upset that they bought books over the last four weeks and now they're not you know Sucks for you. <laughs> so so what are the ones that people are really like so first of all so paul bettany which is like so it's funny i think like whoever one of the creators were is like he started digging himself a really deep hole with this like the actor i got i got to work with was somebody i've always wanted to you know work with my entire life it turns out he was referring to himself as the white vision like <laughs> um which was awesome i love that he did i love that like i think that they're starting to pick up on people like doing this and all this spec and i think they're almost getting tired of it and they're like you know what we're gonna throw spec out there we're gonna send them on these different trails and then we're just gonna pull the rug out from under them um it's it's funny you, you know I, I i think we were talking about this earlier too is the the memes that were coming out and my <laughs> and like there was two that i loved the captain america one where they like from um like the the second spider-man movie where he's like on the tv it's like so you had a wandavision theory huh <laughs> and there was like a couple other ones too that were just great and and then what's the one circulating now where like um uh, you just sent it earlier today, uh, Toy Story. Falcon says, oh, I know a thing or two. And now everyone's like joke. I think it's been a joke for the most part. Everyone's like, oh, is Thing confirmed now? For <laughs> It's just, it's craziness. It is. But the spec, it's fun, the spec, but it gets a little out of hand, I think. Especially when it catapults these books overnight, you know? Yeah. 
So let's kind of do like a wrap up of all the characters at this point. So we have, um, let, we'll do Wanda last. So the kids kind of vanish, right? Yeah. Done. Done. So I have heard that this might not be the last we've seen of them. Cause I think there, someone said that they were spotted or they are somehow wrapped up in um, Doctor Strange. Well, if it follow, if it follows the comic book, they're going to be reincarnated, uh, you know, to two other kids, to, to two yeah. other families. And then we have so the guy who plays Quicksilver, Richard Boner. Richard Boner. I Dick, mean, Dick, Dick, Bo Dick Boner. Yeah, like all all this meaning meaninglessness for a DICK joke. <laughs> um, it was pretty funny. I was like, are they serious right now? But I guess you know. Well, what was it? It was Ralph, right? It was Ralph actually? Oh, Ralph! Right, Ralph! Yeah. Ralph! Yeah. Ralph. So I was like, oh man. But still, that was uh, that threw me for a loop because yeah. I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? <laughs> like, this is not him. And he was like, I was just happy to be there, man. I love these Marvel. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, of course you do. You probably want to you want to be involved with them in the future. Um, so who else do we got? We have well, Rambo. Uh, photon, you know, she, yeah, the photon, yes. allegedly, yes. Yeah, so she definitely has some type of powers. It ends with, and I was expecting it to be, um, what's his name, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, but it was the girl who plays a scroll instead. It's like, uh, yeah. somebody wants to talk to you, so I'm assuming it's Samuel L. Jackson who's been watching her yep. to talk to her. Yeah, because she's the one up in space. You know, that was the ending of, of the last movie, you know? Yep. Um, I, I think I, I think I would have liked to have seen him in this. I think that would have thrown that would have been the you know the big Star Wars, you know, the Luke Skywalker moment if you know him just showing his face real quick. But yeah. I think I'd I think I'd like to have seen that. Or even if they like put him on the movie screen that would yeah. be cool. Or just on a TV, <laughs> right, a TV screen somewhere. Yeah. And then we have who's the girl? Um, the other girl, Agatha, Agatha Harkness. So she just kind of mind wipes her. So I like how they planted her for like maybe later, maybe not. They kind of leave it open ended with her. Um, so she just basically leaves her in the town as the nosy neighbor. Right. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna keep you in the role you've been playing. That's funny. And then we have Jimmy Chu. Yes. Jimmy Chu kind of has is leading his own team now. I can't. I really. I don't know if this is rumor or if it's true. I really would love a Jimmy Chu show. Oh, absolutely. It, it is Jimmy, right? It's Jimmy, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that would be awesome. He's just such a fun character. Darcy kind of just like disappeared, faded into nothingness, huh? I'm where curious. where did she go? I like that she was back in it. I like. I, I I've always found her very funny. Yeah. yeah. She's always been hysterical. Yeah. She's very good. She's the the thing about her is like. She's very one-liner-ish. Like she's not like she doesn't follow up comedy. Is not like a back and forth a lot. As like we used to watch that show with her, the the waitress one. Mm -hmm. And Super I told, girl. yeah, I told Steph like one day I was watching it. I was like, Steph, this entire show is one-liner jokes. Yep. Like I was watching every single thing. It was like one-liner joke. I was like, and, and it just ruined it for me after that. But I hope actually her and Jimmy Choo get a show together. Yeah, that would be, that'd be, that'd be so cool. Yeah. And um, I think that was it, right? Was there anybody we're missing at this point? Yeah. Wanda, right? Yeah, Wanda. Just Wanda. She's got a cool costume. And the yes. white vision. Super powerful. Yes. Oh, sorry. White vision. Why don't you take that first, JJ? 
Well, I don't know where to take it. I mean, he was there. He was there. You know, the way I look at it, he was there and then he was gone. So, I mean, you know, did did Vision give him all? I mean, obviously, Vision gave him all his memories and everything else, and then he's gone. You know, where is he going to end up? You know, it's uh, interesting stuff. Yes, right. It's funny how, like, the entire, like, Marvel universe right now is so scattered after, like, this Avengers Endgame. Everyone came together for this big moment, and now, like, you know, we're getting, like, pieces of people here and there. Um, It's interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out soon. So Wanda. Back to Wanda, yeah. Wanda. So um, we end with her... You know, in a cabin, which I would love to know where that shot was, where that scene was shot, because it was so beautiful. Like it was amazing that the mountain, like oh, yeah. that, had to be a real place, I would think, and I would hope so. But I would love to know where that place, because I'd love to visit it. Yeah. Um, but you know, she's in a cabin and she's outside, and then her, I don't know, Doctor Strange moment is inside learning spells. You know. Yeah. So, that, I guess is it was it her astral form or something I else? Would, I don't know. You know, it, 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 the, it opens up a whole bunch of different questions, you know, and it kind of goes back to, you know, to the adventure movies like, you know, she may have been the most powerful Avenger there seeing she can do a lot of stuff that we didn't know about, you know. And I do think at one point Agatha tells her that the Scarlet Witch, you know, the name of her actual character, is supposed to be more powerful than like the Sorcerer Supreme, too. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. So she's might be more powerful than Doctor Strange. I mean, I I feel like she definitely is. I, I think That'd we're gonna be. see how like that plays out. I'm really really interested for Doctor Strange too. I again like I I know Sam all Ryan. of us really enjoyed the first one. Uh, I just it, it was I like those things that are like very different than they normally do. Not to say that I don't love the other Marvel stuff, but when they kind of like you know take a step away from like you know the box that the Marvel yeah. normally in, I really do enjoy that stuff, and that's why I really enjoyed this because it was like. It was like basically putting Marvel into like sitcoms from like the fifties all the way to today, and there was nods at like all the great sitcoms throughout the years. It was so fun, and it was like well, so different. You look at it, you know, in that end end movie when she's you know back when she was a little girl, and they open up the chest with all the DVDs in there, and those were the DVDs she was reliving. It's like you get it then, yeah. So you know, you, you had your I Love Lucy moments. You had your you know, I don't remember the other versus in TVs. January when this thing was just coming out. Everybody was like, "What is this show?" <laughs> and the amount of crap people you know gave for the first two episodes. I like, feel like the show is going to be. I'm not going to watch this. I feel like this is going to be incredible on a rewatch. Oh yeah, yeah you're going to catch more things for sure. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, especially with shows like this, you spend so much time figuring out where they're trying to go, and you don't appreciate it in the moment. I feel like with a second watch, you really get to do that. Yep, definitely <laughs> agree. Totally agree. I'm curious to see where this heads, you know, how this is going to play into, into Doctor Strange too, because, uh, you know, bringing her back in, I'd, I'd like to see where, you know, where she's going with this. Movie. I, I saw something before I forgot to mention on the news that um, Benedict Cumberbatch was talking about how much he loves working with, loved working with Sam Raimi on it. Oh, and wow. I totally forgot that he was doing that movie, Sam Raimi. Yeah, I keep forgetting that too. It's, uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm really excited for that. I mean, I'm really excited for everything they're doing. I mean, this Friday we get Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is like probably the, the second most this Friday, this coming Friday. Tomorrow. No, oh, Jim. Oh, we release this August. on Monday, God. the 15th. 
God damn it, you're fired again. <laughs> um, but yes, this Friday, the nineteenth is um, Captain Winter Soldier. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, for sure. um, aside from Loki, I'll, I'll put it out there right now. Loki is definitely the show I'm most excited for because uh, I feel I feel like it's going to be like super different. But um, but this one looks awesome. I love this like buddy. Like I get such a lethal weapon vibe from this movie. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Uh, this show. Sorry. I know. But yeah. Oh, and you know what I also heard too. I should have mentioned this in the um, in the beginning. But I have heard that it sounds like it's going to be very likely that going forward in these movies that Ryan Reynolds is going to be kind of taking over the like Stan Lee cameos. Really? I hope that's true. There's a rumor I heard, but like that would be awesome if like randomly you see Deadpool in like every Marvel movie like in the background. Or a Green Lantern dude, or some type of guy. That would be <laughs> no, I don't want to see Green Lantern again. DC made me need, need money where they license that. Uh, yeah. All so right, I, guys. So I, guess, oh, well, so I guess next week, you know, the next show, we'll talk about, you know, this Falcon. And then also Justice League is coming out. So we'll talk about that one too. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That's Thursday. So. Yep. It was already leaked a little bit. Did you guys hear about that? I no. did. The Tom and Jerry. Yeah, so it was um, if you for some people if you went to go play Tom and Jerry instead it played Justice League, Justice League. <laughs> for what, how long for two hours for two hours of it because Tom and Jerry's only two hours long so it cuts off. <laughs> yep, that's hilarious. We were watching Tom and Jerry too, but we couldn't get through it because it's so awful. So I shouldn't yep. watch. It. I was debating I'll, it. I'm skipping that one. Yeah. yeah. All right, so All we right. got a lot. We're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about um, on the 29th. So our third episode for March. <laughs> Yes. All right, guys. Unless you have anything else, I think that's it for me. I think so. All right, guys. So if you're not already doing so, please follow us at Li Comic Guys and at Don't Feed the Geeks Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, you can see all our names there. If you want to follow us individually, you can. And there's, there's a subscribe button one. down there. There's a subscribe yeah. button down there. Yeah, if you can see it, it's really small. It's in the corner. Yep. It's subscribe here comment we want to hear what you're thinking we want to hear see those thumbs up buttons uh tell your friends tell your mom tell your dad share tell, we'd love you to share too share it tell your crazy uncle <laughs> just um you know let us know if there's anything you want to hear about oh and i do want to give a shout out to one of our buddies he's like please give me a shout out and you got it beyond underscore collecting thank you for being one of our loyal listeners nice. thank you to all your other loyal listeners out thank there you. And uh, and remember, until next time. Don't be the geeks. <laughs> <laughs>